And one more time, we want to welcome all of our online audience who are here. We welcome you. How many are glad to receive the word of the Lord? Let me hear you now. Come on now. Great. You guys sound amazing. We welcome all those who are online. We had special guests this morning who have been listening. Said, man, I've been listening to Destiny through about the last 12 weeks online. We've decided to come today and try it in person. We were not disappointed. We loved it. We're going to come back. So whether you're watching online and have not had a chance to be here in person, Please stop in when you're in our area. We'd love to have you as our special guest. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this morning, and we are glad to have you. We believe the Word of God is going to come alive in our hearts. We're in the middle of a series we're called Battles. We know that we're either in a battle, just came out of a battle, or you're getting ready to go into a battle. Our life is full of battles, and we have got to be equipped Every believer has got to be equipped with the foundations, the biblical foundations of what it takes to survive, what it takes to thrive, and to defeat the enemy in our life. That we're never called to retreat, we're never called to be intimidated, we're never called to live in fear, but we can rest at peace when we surrender our life fully to God, and he's given us the tools. He does not take the battle from us. Very, very seldom does he take the battle from us. But he has equipped us with the right weapons, the right tools to get through any battle. And why does he do that? Because he wants to grow our faith. He wants to grow our faith. He wants your faith to go to a new level. And the more you begin to use the tools he's given us, the more we begin to build these foundations of truth and mature in our walk with God. Today, giving thanks in the battle gives you strength for the battle. Let me say it again. Giving thanks in the battle gives you strength for the battle. That's what you need to know today. That's a part of the statement you got to have. That God wants you to learn to give thanks. We're talking about an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. If you want to rise above the battle, if you want to go above the chaos in your life, you've got to learn to operate in a season and in an atmosphere of gratitude. The Bible says that in Psalms 100, in verse 4, it says that we enter his, his gates. We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Come on now. We, we enter his, his gates with thanksgiving, his, his courts with praise. It's how we approach the Lord. It's how we come into the presence of the Lord with a heart of thanksgiving, with a mouth of thanksgiving. It's how God has designed us. Last week we talked about King Jehoshaphat, how he sent out the worshipers first. And what did they do when they went out? They sang, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for his love endures forever. And so they sang thanks. They said, give thanks. This is how we fight our battles, is by giving thanks unto the Lord. So let's look at the foundations of our series, foundational blocks, right? As you can see, we have the foundation of prayer, the word, and worship. And today we're laying the foundation of an attitude of gratitude. Gratitude. It plays a big role in the life of every believer. If you do not live in a spirit of thanksgiving, in a spirit of gratitude for what God has done in your life, what God is doing in your life, what God has brought alongside your life, you're going to miss out on the joy. You're going to miss out on the victory. You're going to miss out on everything that God has for us. He has designed us to live in a spirit of gratitude. Look at our text today in Psalms 103. This whole chapter, 
we're going to spend most of our time here. And it's all about giving thanks to the Lord. He says, let all that I am, let's say, let all that I am praise the Lord. Say those highlighted words with me. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Let's say that last line together. May I never forget the good things he does for me. This is the command. He does not want us to forget the good things that God does for us. If you don't know this, our God is good. Our Father is good. He's full of goodness. The Bible describes him that when he described himself to Moses, he said, I saw you for all of your glory. I saw you for all of your goodness. I saw you for the goodness you are. He is full of goodness for his children. The psalmist says that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The goodness and mercy is right there. And I've got to look up and see and thank God. I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you that your goodness is not leaving me. God, I thank you that goodness and mercy are pushing me. I thank you that goodness and mercy are following me. His goodness. May I never forget the good that God is doing in my life. May I never forget that God is intentional about doing good things for me. He wants this in my life. And I love the way he words this. Because David was talking to himself. Do you notice this? He was saying, I let all that I am. He didn't say let all that you are. He said let all that I am. With my whole heart, I will praise. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget. See, he was talking to himself. See, sometimes when you're in a battle, you got to learn to talk to yourself. When you're in a battle, you got to learn to talk and encourage yourself before the Lord. It's one thing to have somebody else encourage you. It's one thing, and I love it when people come along beside you and they encourage you. They speak words of affirmation. They say, come on, now get up. You can make it. Those are helpful, and they help so many people. But there's another level that God wants you to go to that you can begin to encourage yourself, that you can begin to speak to yourself and say, I don't care what anybody else does, but as for me, in my house. As for me and myself, we're going to stay planted. We're going to go forward in God. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do this. i got to remind myself who God is. Some of you need to call Mari today because you've forgotten who the daddy is today. you get forgotten. You need to remember who God is in your life. You need to remember who your father is, that your father is bigger than anything you face. You need to remember how big your God is. You need to remember who your father is. Remind yourself, listen to this statement, we need to talk to ourselves more than we listen to ourselves. Isn't that true? Come on now. We'll, how many know we'll lie to ourselves? I will lie to myself. It ain't ever going to get better. Oh, God, God doesn't love me as much as he loves somebody else. That message is for them. It won't work for me. Everybody hates me. Everybody's mad at me. No one likes me. 
I'll never amount to anything. I'll never accomplish anything. And we, we always self-defeat. And we have all these. That's why the Bible says that we must start in our mind, renewing our mind. Transformation happens in our mind. It starts right there. And you got to learn to speak out over yourself. you got to learn to speak out and encourage yourself because yourself is going to sabotage yourself. And so, listen, i got to tell myself, shut up. Let me just tell you right now, I will serve the Lord. I will get out of this. I will make something of myself. I will do something for God. I will get back on my feet. I will love again. I will see God do a miracle. I will. you got to get up and say, I will bless the Lord. I remember who my daddy is. I remember that he wants me to prosper. I remember that he has good things in store for me. we got to talk to ourselves. So how do you unlock this attitude of gratitude? Very simple, number one, look up. Look up and learn to give thanks unto God. Look up and give thanks unto God. What we focus on is what grows in our life. What we look at is what gets our attention. What we fix our eyes on is what gets bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives. So if we have all this chaos going around us, all this hate, all this dysfunction, all this gossiping, all this backbiting, all this division, all this negativity going around me, if I will just pick my eyes up unto the Lord. God, I I look unto you. God, I'm I'm looking unto you. God, I'm stepping up in you. I don't care if anybody else, goodness and mercy is pushing me from behind. They're taking me up the ladder. I'm keeping my eyes on God. And pretty soon I look around and I'm I'm above the fray. I've rose above the hate. I've rose above the dysfunction. And I begin to keep my eyes on God. I grow in him. It doesn't make a difference if anybody else comes with me or not. I'm going somewhere. Nobody's stopping me. I'm keeping my eyes on God. Some of you need to rise up. You got your eyes on division. You got your eyes on failure. You got your eyes on people who are distracting you. You got your eyes on what the enemy is trying to feed your mind. And you're down here living. And God doesn't want you living here. He wants you to elevate your life. He wants to elevate your life to a different level. Come on now. He wants you to live at a different level than you're living right now. How do I get there? I keep my eyes on the Lord. God, I give you thanks that, God, you are an awesome God. God, I give you thanks that you have never left me nor forsaken me. God, I give you thanks that you died for me. You redeemed me. You forgave me. God, you healed my broken heart. God, you put my life back together again. I keep my eyes on God, and it begins to elevate me above the fray. So we got to look at this. See, we naturally want to focus on the bad in our life. It's a natural instinct that we naturally look at the bad things. We naturally look at the things that we failed at or things that aren't going right. We have this God-given thing that God wants us to have by looking up. And all we can see is what's wrong. Look at this chart. I think it kind of explains our life. We have this chart. We have all this good in our life. All this good God has given us and done for us, and where God's got us in our life, all this good, and all the thing that stands out is three wrong things. This is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this gets all my attention, and then in the meantime, I can't get past the wrong to get to the good. 
even though there's a lot, lot, lot more good in my life, we will naturally gravitate to what's wrong. You see, God wants you to reverse that. He wants you to look past what's wrong and look what the goodness of God is. Look what's right in your life. See what God has already done and what God is going to do. This is what he wants us to focus our attention on. Attitude of gratitude, it forces us to see the goodness of God. It, when I begin to live an attitude of gratitude, it forces me to see that, God, I see your goodness through every storm. I see your goodness through every battle. I see your goodness through every situation. God, you are good. Look what it says in verses 3 through 5. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with what? Good things. He fills my life. Let's say it again. He fills my life with good things. And then my youth is renewed like the eagles. We got to remember that God is wanting to fill your life with good things. God is wanting to fill your life with good things in your life. But as we get older, we have a tendency to get a little grumpy, don't we? Have you heard the term grumpy old men or grumpy old lady? We naturally get grumpy as we get older. But the good news is this. The scripture we just read says my youth is renewed when I remember the good things. When I remember the good things, my youth is renewed like the eagles. See, an attitude of gratitude keeps my mind young. Some of you got an old mind. It's all right to have an old body, but you don't have to have an old mind. I'm telling you, God wants to renew your mind. And when you allow yourself to operate in an attitude of gratitude, giving thanks unto the Lord for what he's done, it renews your mind. It begins to give strength to your mind, and it brings a refreshing. We must remember what a mess my life was before Jesus. Come on now. Some of you need to remember how bad your life was before you had Jesus. Some of you need to remember how much God forgave you, how much he redeemed you, how much he healed you, how much goodness he's done in your life. Listen, grumbling is natural. No one's got to teach people how to grumble. Do you realize the children of Israel spent 40 years in the desert wandering around waiting for the promised land 40 years they had to wander in the desert on a trip that should have taken them just about a week and they were there 40 years wandering around in circles in the desert because they were grumbling they let a spirit of grumbling be contagious and God had to wait and bring up a new generation to enter the promised land because that generation allowed a dominant spirit of grumbling this is a very dangerous thing for a believer to let dominate their life because it will keep you from the fullness of the blessing that God's got for your life. Don't allow yourself to be grumbling. Grumbling is natural. Anybody can grumble. Anybody can complain. But gratitude, it's supernatural. Gratitude unlocks the blessing for God to do even more in my life. Gratitude gives energy. Gratitude sets people free. Gratitude gives healing to people who need it. Grumbling, it drains me. Gratitude 
renews my strength. We just read that verse. It renews my mind like the eagles. Gratitude renews my strength. And then number two, we must remember this, that we got to remember that God wants us to look out, look out. We got to remember, we got to remember, you know, have, have you ever been broke, so broke you can't even stop at Sonic and get a, get a slush on half price, happy hour, because you ain't got no more money that week? You ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? I, mean, I can't even afford to get a half price slush today at happy hour. I'm so broke and <clears throat> I'm tired of being broke. How, how about this? How about instead of focusing on that you don't have enough money for your slushie, how about you give thanks that 783 million people don't have clean water to drink today. All we got to do is just turn it on. Right there. 783 million people don't even have clean water to drink on a daily basis. And we're worried about this. I wish I had money for the for them new shoes, man. I wish I could buy those new shoes. Oh, man, I wish it's not fair. I got to wear these old raggedy shoes. I've been, I've been wearing them for a long time. Been there, done that. How about we give thanks for the millions of people who don't even have shoes are going barefoot around the world today. Wearing plastic bottles tied with vines they made into shoestrings. Many of them going barefoot. Let's give thanks that I'm not going to bed hungry. I may not have enough money to go out to eat this week, but I'm not going to bed hungry. You're not going to bed hungry. There's people dying, thousands of people dying today because they don't have enough food to eat. I wish I had a new home, but thank God for the home you have. It may not be what you what you wanted. Listen, you know what? When we get what we want, it brings a really small satisfaction. It only, it only lasts for a short You ever notice that? If I could just get that new car, oh, man, I'm going to be so much happier. You get that new car, and then six months later, you're like, well, if I could just trade it in on a new truck, or if I could just trade it on this model, all of a sudden, what we thought was going to give us happiness only was short-lived. See, what I'm teaching you is this. We got to train ourselves to live in a spirit of gratitude. We can't allow ourselves to fall into a spirit of complaining, of grumbling. See, the more I focus on the good, the more good you will see. The more I focus on the good, the more good you will see. If you're looking for the bad, you will find it. If you're looking for hate you will find it. If you're looking for racism, you will find it. If you're looking for those things, you'll find it. But the opposite is also true. If you're looking for the good, you will find it. If you're looking for love, you will find it. If you're working for people who are bringing healing, you will find it. If you're looking for people who are kind, you will find it. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? You'll find it. God helped me to look up and help me, number two, to look out, to give thanks for others. See, thanking people can be such a powerful statement. It can be such a powerful tool that God wants us to use. Leave verses six and eight. I love this. It says that the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to his people of Israel. Then look what it says about the Lord. He is compassionate and merciful slow to get angry, and he's filled with unfailing love. This is the way God loves us. 
So how about in return, we receive the love God gives us. God, we thank you for this love. And now let's do what he's told us to do. And let's love others the same way. God, you love me this way. My eyes are looking. God, I'm thankful that you love me with an unfailing love. God, I'm thankful that your anger is slow in my life. And God, I'm thankful, God, your unfailing love is there. It helped me to translate and give it away to other people. You have the ability. Listen, we have to be careful how we treat other people. Pastor Tom and Mike, give me, give me a hand this morning. You know, in my life, our life is full of successes. Our life is full of levels we go to. And I'm convinced of this, that no one gets to the top by themselves. No one succeeds by themselves. And so as I take a step, it was because somebody came along beside me and helped me up. Somebody was holding the ladder. Somebody was encouraging me. Somebody was coming along and beside me when I needed a friend and was there for me. Someone believed in me, Pastor Mike, and encouraged me when I, I needed a friend. And all along the way is people have helped me at every level I've ever been to in my life. I've got there because somebody helped me. I don't get here alone. And you don't get here alone. And so it's important along the way that we say thank you. Thank you for being a trustworthy friend. Thank you for being a friend that stuck closer than a brother. Thank you for being a friend who was there encouraging me. Thank you for being a friend that when I was down, you were there picking me up, encouraging me. Thank you. Why? Because at some point in my life, I'm going to work my way back down this ladder. And everybody I pass going up the ladder are still going to be there coming back down the ladder. And I'm going to need their embrace. I'm going to need their love. I'm going to need their encouragement. And we're going to encourage each other up and down the ladders in our life and different levels in our life. Listen, we have got to be thankful for each other. We've got to speak encouragement to each other. I believe you're going to be successful. I believe God's bringing your dreams to pass. I believe God's going to use you. I believe God's doing a miracle in your life. We encourage each other. Give these guys a hand. God wants us to speak thanks to him and then thanks to others. I've made it my, my, my calling in life to see the best in others. I've, laid it, I've made my calling in life to see the best in others. I've had people criticize me. What do you see in that person? Why are you investing in that person? Why did you bring that person along beside you? Why did you spend time with them, mentoring them? Why did you do that? Did you know what they've done in their past? I'm like, yeah. And so did you. You did some crazy stuff in your past. Some things I know about, some things I don't know about. But I just want to believe the best in people. And I want to help people get up when others have knocked them down, when life has knocked them down, when they've made their own stupid mistakes. I still want to be there with a hand, helping them back up the ladder of life, helping them get back up out of the thing. And I say, God, thank you. I want to help. I want to see people. Listen, your words of affirmation pull people up. Your words of thanks heal people, bring them back up, thanking people for in your life. There's a book called Thanks a Thousand. It's a bestseller. Maybe many of you have read it. Maybe you haven't. The author is A.J. Jacobs, and he wrote this book called Thanks a Thousand. And he was challenged by his son, and on a dare, he decided he had this great idea that he was going to thank Everybody involved in making his favorite cup of coffee. 
So the next day, he goes into his favorite place where they sell coffee. And as he walks in, someone opens the door. And he stops and says, hey, thank you for, for always opening the door for me when I show up early in the morning. And, you know, I just I appreciate you smiling and greeting me this morning. And just, just thank you. And that person's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. No one ever says thank you to me. Uh, thank you for noticing what I do. Thank you that I try to make your atmosphere better. And he walks in and he notices that people are cleaning off the tables and, and getting things set up for people to come in who have already been there and clean off the mess so other people can come in and sit down at a clean table. He says, hey, thank you for cleaning up my table before I got here. I can sit down at a clean table. You guys always do a great job. Thank you so much. The person began to smile. I said, thank you. No one's ever, no one's ever thanked me before for cleaning this table off. I appreciate that you noticed that. That means a lot to me. And he went to order his coffee and he ordered his coffee and, and the girls, he said, hey, thank you so much for, for taking my order. You guys got here early. When I was asleep, you guys are here opening up the store, getting ready for us. Thank you so much that when I walk in, you're ready to take my order and you do it with a smile. And she began to smile. Thank you. Thank you. No one's ever really thanked me for taking their order before. He goes, who, who grounds the, the coffee? Who makes the coffee? She said, we've got a guy in the back. He, he grinds them up. He says, well, bring him out here. I want to say something to him. The guy walks out of the back in his apron. He's back there grinding the beans. He says, hey, I want to thank you for getting here early and grinding those beans and making it fresh. I just really appreciate having that, that smell and having fresh coffee. And he goes, oh, wow, no one's ever asked me to say thanks before. That means a lot. Thank you very much. And he went on and on and, and thanked everybody in the store who had anything to do with him getting that cup of coffee. And he was so moved by all of his thanks and what it did. By the time he left the store, they were all smiling. The atmosphere had changed in that store. All the workers were, were had a better spirit about him. But he got challenged and he decided he was going to thank everybody he was involved in making that coffee. So he found out what country they got their coffee from. He found out what farmers were growing it, and he sent letters of thanks. He flew over there and found out who was growing the coffee, and he thanked them personally. Thank you for those who dug the holes. Thank you for those who planted the seeds. Thank you for those who maintained it. Thank you for those who watered it. Thank you for those who grew it. Thank you for those who harvested it. Thank you for those who packaged it up. Thank you for those who worked in the warehouse. Thank you to the UPS. Thank you to the FedEx. I mean, he went along, and when he got done, he had nearly a thousand people who were responsible for his one cup of coffee. And it did something in him. It changed him forever. It changed him forever. You see, gratitude changes others, but it also changes you. You can't help when you walk in a spirit of gratitude that it begins to change people's lives and it changes your life as well. I shared this, and I want to share it again today. I think it's worth noting that when we first opened up the church after being shut down during the pandemic, when we came back, like every church in town and most churches across the U.S. especially, we opened up with about 30% of what we had pre-COVID. And after about four weeks of that, the staff, we were all like, man, this really stinks. Our attitude stunk. We were disappointed. We were missing people. You know, and we understand it was it was the middle of a pandemic. We we're still fighting and learning our way through it. No one was mad at anybody, but you know, when you're used to having people here that aren't here, and 30% of what you had before, it was discouraging, and the attitude was was carrying off on our leadership. And so, after about four weeks, I just felt prompted of the Lord, and I said to our staff, I said, "Listen, let's stop crying about who's not here, and let's give thanks for who is here." 
Let's give thanks for the brave souls who are the first ones back in the door. Let's be thankful for those who were faithful during the pandemic and and helped out. Let's be thankful and let's just go out and believe God's going to do something new. And from that moment on, our attitude changed, our chemistry changed, and we begin to see growth, a steady growth in the church that hasn't stopped yet. We've been seeing it happen, I believe, because we turned our attitude around from complaining to one of thanksgiving and gratitude, and God began to change things. I'm telling you, this works, people. This works. We need to learn to give thanks. We need to give thanks to the church. So I I thank all the church people who have been faithful. I thank those who were the first ones back. I thank those who were watching online. And I thank those who were coming in late. I'm glad you're here. I thank those who just started coming back in. I thank those who are brand new. I thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for being committed to us. Thank you to all the givers who gave during the pandemic, who bailed their checks in, who gave online. And we seen that God never saw a decrease in our giving. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for giving. Thank you for stepping up when the times were tough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to all our volunteers when we came back that had to step up and do double time because they were covering for people who were not here. Thank you for all our volunteers that are watching our kiddos, our nursery and cleaning, all the people who are volunteering and greeting all the different areas of our church. Thank you to our music team. Thank you to our IT and sound team who were here when they couldn't come together and they were coming and they were recording services and editing them so that we could have them online when you were not able to come into the building. Thank you that you worked so hard and put so many hours and learned new things and stretched yourself. Thank you to our doctors and medical facilities who opened their doors and they they went in and treated people at their own health risk, who put their own life on the line to go ahead and treat those who needed it. Thank you to our first responders. We appreciate you so much. Thank you to our teachers who got back into the classroom not knowing what it was going to look like. Thank you to our teachers who had to teach online. Thank you to all of our administration who had to rally around uh, uh, just a crazy school year and come back together. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to the restaurant owners who made it through the pandemic, who were able to survive and didn't shut down their doors, but they became creative and did takeouts and and endured and have reopened back up now and are coming back strong. And we thank you so much for sticking it out that we can have some of our favorite places to eat at. Yes, be thankful to our business owners who survived, who didn't throw in the towel, but you stayed there tough and seen it through. Thank you to our law enforcement who are leading during a difficult time. Thank you for those who serve. Yeah, come on, give a big hand. Live in a spirit of thanksgiving unlocks the door in your life. When I'm in a battle, I begin to thank the Lord. When I'm in a battle, I begin to thank the Lord. And it will begin to elevate me above the battle. How can I survive the battle? Because I'm not down there in the battle. I'm up here with the Lord. I'm up here at one with God. I'm up here communion with God. Gratitude lifts me up out of the battle and allows God to fight my battle. This is where God wants us to be, in an attitude of gratitude. The enemy wants us focusing in on division, on what we hate. He wants us grumbling. He wants us fighting. But listen, gratitude forces us to see the goodness of God. The enemy wants you sitting in the dark with the lights out, 
but gratitude opens the door and lets the light in. I'm going to close with this today. I felt the Holy Spirit challenge my heart to challenge you today. And I want to challenge you with this thought. For the next seven days, I'm going to ask you to take the attitude of gratitude challenge with me. And for the next seven days, I want you to find every day three people that you normally wouldn't say thank you to and just thank them. Whether it's in a business, whether it's at your work, maybe it's texting somebody that's helped you in your past. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's an old friend, maybe it's a worker. Whoever it is, I want you to look for three people a day to say thank you to or send a text of thank you to. And we're going to do this for seven days straight. How many will say, Pastor, I'll take that challenge with you. I'll go along. Come on, raise your hand. That's you. You say, I'm going to do this challenge. Yeah, there you go. Come on now. We can do this. Think about how we're going to make a difference throughout the community. If all these people do it in this room and all those that did it in the first service as well, if we do it three times a day, wow, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds of thank yous going out every day. It's going to help our community. And then it's in return, it's going to help lift your attitude up as well. I'm looking unto the Lord. God, thank you. And I'm giving thanks away to others. Let's bow our heads. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I, I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to accept his forgiveness in my life. I've never surrendered my life and made him Lord of my life. Today I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. Today I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. We won't do anything to embarrass you or point you out. But I want to give you a chance to respond. If you're here and you're ready to say, I'm ready to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. But anybody looking at me, just raise your hand where you're at. That's me. I want to accept Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on, raise it high. That's you. Thank you. I see those hands, guys. Yeah. One more time. If you haven't raised it, raise it right now. I'll make sure I didn't miss you. Thank you. I see the hand in the back. Thank you. We're going to say this prayer together. And if you raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer from your heart. The Bible says we have to believe that he is the Lord, the Son of God, that he died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the world. We must believe it, then we must also confess it with our mouth. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to confess it with our mouth. I want you to repeat this prayer after me if you raise your hand. As Christians around you, we'll help you along as well. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I surrender my life to you. I will live for you and I will follow you all my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, say welcome to the family of God. Come on, give him a big hand. I'm going to invite you to stand up on your feet. As you stand on your feet, let's sing of the goodness of the Lord. Come on, his goodness is there. Let's look at it. Let's sing it. And I'm 
You got a battle with other family. I'm telling you, give thanks to the Lord and then look for opportunities to thank your enemy. What? Someone, someone's rubbing you the wrong way? I dare you to look for a, a way to thank them. Hey, thank you for, for helping me here. Or thank you for what you did for me one time. Just, just see if that doesn't begin to diffuse the battle. See if it doesn't begin to defuse the battle and if nothing else, it's going to lift you above the battle. An attitude of gratitude. Let me pray for you before you leave. Let's open our hands up to the Lord. Can we do that? Father, I thank you that you're calling destiny to live at a different level. God, we're not going to live 
at a level of confusion, of hate, fighting and bickering and grumbling. But God, we want to be people of faith, of hope and healing and thanksgiving. God, help us to give it away. So we look to you first and thank you for your goodness. And the more we understand your goodness, the more we can give it away to other people. Thanking people, empowering people, healing people, calling out God's best in people is what you call us to do. And I say yes and amen. If you receive that, put your hands together. Seven-day challenge. Come on now. We can do it. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Thank you.